From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. It's another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking out everything going on in the Boise metro area in the 5A and 4A ranks. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great yourself. How's everything going over there? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we're we're in the part of the season now where for for guys like you and I, it seems like every night we we're at some gym somewhere calling a game, right? So, oh yeah. I mean, I was supposed to be in the CUNA gym tonight because uh, but because of Bora's COVID problems last week, that game is null and void, so we're not going to do that one tonight. But it was supposed to be Bora at CUNA Boys, and that game's been moved to February second. So a lot of changes, mostly on Bora's part. You know, they they basically are the ones that had the COVID issues. And so they, they've changed a lot. They, in fact, today they announced three different schedule changes for three different games. So, And uh, one of them was that CUNA game, uh, moved to February 2nd. So no big deal. But that means I get Tuesday night off and I can, matter of fact, I'm going to probably watch Boise State Air Force tonight in basketball and take that in. That's so. going to be a lot of fun. That, that'll be a good watch for sure. Um, yeah, Bora, it, it was uh, both the girls and boys basketball yeah. teams have had to cancel games, which is uh, unusual. You don't normally see both programs, at least this far into the pandemic, be affected. But No, I talked to Vince Mann, the athletic director, activities director of Bora, and he just said we basically put everything into pause, both you know men and women's. We just kind of put it on pause, and, and they just got through the holiday weekend, and now they're ready to rock and roll. The girls are going to host – CUNA tonight. So the board girls will host CUNA tonight. They'll be back on schedule, but the guys had everything mixed up there. So that's, you know, you just have to check, check IdahoSports.com and you'll see what's going on. We'll update those things as we get them. Yes. And uh, I didn't think we'd be uh, this far into it and still having to do that, but here we are. <laughs> so yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. Well, I wanted to start with uh, a tweet you sent out last week, Wayne, and it, it, it made me laugh quite a bit, actually. So it said career first exclamation mark. I called three straight fourth quarter running clock blowouts. And so in my head, I'm thinking, oh, OK, he's going to talk about like the historical significance. You've obviously uh, seen and done a lot over your career. Uh, and then uh, you, you mentioned Hawaii over Mountain View Tuesday, then the storm over Meridian Friday, and Eagle 61-31 over Centennial. And then your final line just uh, cracked me up. Hope it's a career last, exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> I, there is nothing more boring than calling a 30-point blowout. I mean, it's like one of those things, Brandon, where you sit there and you go, what do I say now? Where do we go from this? How do I make the other team look good? You know, Centennial on Saturday night came in against Eagle. They were 6-1 and one in 5 ASI play, and Eagle was 7-1. and one. We're thinking, man, this is going to go down to a buzzer beater. And then it just got out of hand early, and Eagle really playing good team ball. got it done. And so it's at the end, you're like, how do I say something nice about Centennial? You know, I've got to figure out something. So it's really a stretch. But uh, it was just one of those weeks where boom, 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 Hawaii first, and then Hawaii second, and then Eagle third. And I said, boy, I hope I don't have to do this again. I mean, I, I don't care who wins on a given game that I do. I don't have favorites. I just like the game, and we enjoy what we're, you know, what we're doing. But we hope that basically we have a close game that is competitive. And it's, it doesn't have to be a buzzer beater, but just competitive. That gives us something to do. 
Yeah. And maybe you can help me out with this because I've only been in Idaho for three years now, but uh, it, it seems the the disparity is greater than it, than it has been uh, in a while. You know, in the past, you'd have teams like Mountain View and Rocky Mountain on the boys side, maybe running the gauntlet and going, you know, 20 and two yeah. or something like that. But the games were competitive. They were tested. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to be happening this year, but with a couple of uh, notable exceptions at the very top. Yeah, I agree. And this week, I think what blew me away on that whole thing, no pun intended on the blowouts, but what blew me away on this whole thing was that it was Mountain View, who had a great record coming in against, you know, the Hawaii Storm. It was Meridian, the defending state champs. They were still in it at the time. I think they were five and two. That's not a bad record. And Centennial, which started slow and then came on strong with six and one in league play, as I mentioned. So you had three teams that really should be vying for the whole thing. And we're talking about, and for those who don't know, when you get into regular season play, if one team is leading by 30 or more in the fourth quarter, it becomes a running clock. And all three of those games, total running clock in the fourth quarter, which means we played eight minutes of basketball, done deal. Yeah, and and this is happening on the girls' side too, where you've got two or three teams at the very top that are, uh, it's almost like a race where they're lapping the the other runners, right? Yeah, it really is. I mean, when you sit there, you got Timberline, you know, on the girls' side, Timberline, Boise, and and Bora right there. But Timberline's, you know, they're undefeated. They're 11-0 right now in league play. Uh, the gals, Boise is 10-2, and so that's a big game. So here, here's the deal. So they play next Tuesday night, one week from when we record this. So next Tuesday night on the 25th of January, these two teams collide at Timberline. I would expect that to be – a close game right down to the buzzer. But with the way things have been going this year, it could be a 20-point win for Timberline. It really could. Yeah, and, and on the boys' side, it's it's really Eagle and Hawaii clearly way out in front of everybody else. Centennial still in third with a 6-2 and two conference record. Yeah. I, I don't know, Wayne, to, to me, and you've seen these teams up close, but from what I've seen, in my mind, I, I still think Meridian is probably the third best team, but I, what do you think? You know, uh, not anymore. I, I really don't. They've had a few issues. They've got a couple of players that aren't playing. Uh, Davis Thacker is back, as I mentioned last week on this podcast, but he's not playing as well as I've seen Davis Thacker play. Uh, they've not been hitting the outside shots. Uh, their shooting percentage has kind of gone down. Uh, so, no, there's no question that right now the top two teams and maybe even indicative of the four-overtime Eagle win over Hawaii at Eagle a while back that I called uh, Eagle in the Storm. The Mustangs in the Storm right now are the class of what's going on here in the Treasure Valley. You know, obviously you got Lake City and Coeur d'Alene up north that are playing pretty good basketball. But the reality is I think the Storm, uh, maybe I've done two Lake City games. I think the Storm right now better than Lake City. I really do. That's not saying the Lake City wouldn't win the state championship because they, that's why they play the game, and they're that good. But I think right now the Storm, they've got everything going together. They're playing as a team. They're unselfish. Nobody cares who scores. I mean, Jack Payne, for instance, he transferred from Boise, playing for the Storm. I thought it was going to be the Jack Payne story all the time. It's not. He's barely scoring in some games, but he's making himself known with big steals, great assists. He's getting it. Liam Campbell. Liam Campbell's putting it down. Jackson Rasmus, the big six, seven freshman, who really is a freshman in name only. He's kind of more of a sophomore in age. He's a young man that watch out for him. But they're just playing really, really well. And then they've got 
Uh, Max Avedra, who started at point guard at the beginning of the year, replaced by Preston Sherburn. He was our player of the game last week. He only had nine points in the ball game, but he, he really led the team, paced the team. You know, he his leadership was huge. And so I named him the uh, player of the game. Everywhere you go down that, that, that lineup, and it's young. You know, Payne's the only senior. So it's ridiculously young. And then you take on Eagle. Eagle's the second best team, in my opinion, here in the Treasure Valley. Eagle doesn't have one standout, and it's the same thing. It rather is land and white. I mean, they've got points coming off the bench. Uh, unbelievable. So Eagle, I'm just so impressed with Donovan Jones, a tight end, six foot four. He plays like a tight end. He is tough to stop. So I like Eagle, the storm. I can't wait till they play again, but I don't think it's going to be the district. I don't think. Yeah. It's, it, it, and hopefully we get that matchup. Uh, it certainly looks like we are. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's one of those uh, odd years where there's a lot of good teams up North, but not every team up North is going to make it at the expense of some teams from the Boise Valley that I think um, aren't as good. Like typically what happens is the fifth place team will play the second place team from the right. state playing game. And in a lot of years, that's a coin flip. You know, sometimes the team up North wins uh, last year, we saw Eagle defeat Lewiston mm-hmm. this year. I think not only is the second and third best teams up North better than the fifth place team, but I think they're better than the fourth place team in, in both boys and girls. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you right now. I mean, I like I said, I do two Lake City games. Usually, and I say that because usually I don't have that opportunity. But during that North-South Challenge, we just sat there at Meridian High School, not because it was Meridian High and they were the defending state champs, but we wanted to see we wanted to see Lake City. We wanted to see Coeur d'Alene. We wanted to see Post Falls. Didn't get a chance to see Lewiston yet. But I tell you what, it you know, especially Coeur d'Alene and Lake City, they were very impressive. They got a lot of good players, and they, they are all for real. So, you know, right now it's a toss-up. In the Treasure Valley, there's no question. Owyhee and Eagle, boys basketball are the best. Timberline is the best with Boise right there. But as far as statewide goes, you know, really it's still – I can't wait for state because, really, you get the Lake Cities and the Storm Eagle and the Coeur d'Alene's coming at you, and I'm just assuming they all make it. Uh, It's – it's, and they should, based on what I've seen this year, it's going to be fun. Yeah, Lewiston's uh, pretty solid. Eleven and two yeah, overall. Yeah. Their, their yeah. two losses were to Lapway, uh, which beat Coeur d'Alene. Oh. Hey. Lapway, Lap, Lapway is one of those programs that you say Lapway. Oh yeah, Lapway. No, no, no. Lapway's got a great basketball tradition. Yeah, yeah. Lapway, they've got two wins over two five A schools this year. Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston both. I mean, that's crazy to think about. But um, and and then Lewiston pushed Lake City last week and only lost, mm-hmm. I think, by nine. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're pretty legit. Uh, that that girls 5A tournament is going to be a lot of fun, too, with Bora and Boise and Timberline and whoever makes it from the north. Lake City, Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls are all really good. Thunder Ridge is – I mean, 5A girls will also be uh, must-watch basketball for sure. Yeah. And the thing of it is, though, what you're saying is you're right. There's a big drop-off, and we see it in both the boys and the girls. You've got maybe two or three teams right up there contending, and then it just like, boom, it's like a crevice. It just falls to the bottom. And there's there not that they can't do something at some magical point. I don't know, but really it, it, it's going to be crazy. I, I, you know, we'll have to see. I'm waiting for this week because uh, uh, it's going to be fun. I've got Eagle at Mountain View on Thursday night. I still think Mountain View has a chance. John Nettleton does a great job as head coach of the Mountain View Mavericks. And if anybody can get him ready for Eagle at home, you know, at Mountain View, he can. And I don't anticipate an upset, but I wouldn't be like super shocked if I had one. 
here's the thing. This is how crazy it is. I wouldn't be super shocked if Mountain View upset Eagle, and I wouldn't be super shocked if Eagle gave me my fourth fourth running clock, fourth quarter running clock in a row. Let's hope not. But yeah, it definitely could go that way for sure. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. Spe- speaking of Eagle, let's talk about uh, their coach uh, on the boys' side. Cody Pickett had had that health scare. Uh, took some time away from the team. Came back to the team last week. Uh, very encouraging signs. His wife uh, Carly made another post on on Facebook, and here's what it said: Today, this was on January 10th. Today was a good day. Prayers were answered, and Dr. Lombardi was able to complete the complex stent procedure, and Cody is able to avoid having open-heart surgery. Cody had a list of questions he wanted to ask the doctor after the procedure. One important question was if he could coach his game on Friday. The doctor responded with, yes, as long as you win. (laughs) Dr. Lombardi is an incredible man with incredible talent. We are so thankful to Channing Wiles for helping make this happen, and thank you also to the staff at the UW, that's Washington uh, Medical Center for being rock stars. So here we are in recovery, watching his team play at home. Can't wait to be back with him soon, and he did return to the team two days later. So what, what an awesome uh story and uh we're certainly still thinking of the Pickett family but it's great to see Cody back on the sidelines oh it was good I talked to him for about 10 minutes before the game we shared heart stories as we talked about last week here I don't want to get too deep into it but he told me about Dr. Lombardi told me I needed to go see him give him a call and I told him I said yeah I said why don't you give me his personal number I'll call yeah, he said, he's the best in the world, man. So I'm, I'll give him a call, and I'm sure he'll take my call right there. But we had a good time talking about everything, and he's happy to be back. And quite frankly, the players were so happy to have him back. I think that's part of the reason that they won by 30 and beat Centennial so badly because they were inspired by that whole thing. They were inspired by a coach who went, did what he had to do, took care of business, and then came back. I mean, he didn't sit there and go, okay, I'm just going to take another day. You know, He came back and said, no, we're going to play, and we're going to play hard. And you're right. And I think they also said, we need to win a big, we have to have a big win, easy win, so coach doesn't have to have any stress on them. And that's what they did. Yeah, that, you know, so maybe they're the running clock uh, was yeah. a good thing. Right? Let's get the coach back. We need to get the coach home, back home on the couch, and let's just have a running clock in the fourth period. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we continue to talk uh, basketball here and the, the gap between the teams at the top and everybody else, that's also becoming apparent at the 4A level, Wayne, when you look at mm-hmm. – uh, the boys SIC standings, Middleton 10 and one overall five and zero in the conference Bishop Kelly nine and four and, and five and one in league and Valley view is still probably the third best team eight and four. They're three and two Nampa is lurking though. Yeah, yep. Bulldogs are always a dark horse. It seems like uh, five and seven overall, but three and two in the conference. They have a big game coming up against Middleton. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. They play Tuesday night. Uh, you can watch that game live on IdahoSports.com. And Nampa has a chance to maybe throw a wrench into things. We talked, I always talk about Nampa. I had them as my dark horse in football, you know, to make it not to like win at all, but to kind of make, uh, make, make some noise. Uh, in the 5A. And I feel that way about Napa. What I think they need is I think they need that psychological guy to come in there and get him over the hump. They've got the athletes. They really do. I don't know what it is that's holding them back, but they're right there. They're always there. They're always somebody you've got to be weary of. But when you take a look at Middleton and hey, Michael Day is starting to get better and better and better. The guy put a jam down the other day that rocked, rocked the backboard and uh, he's just playing, you know, he's 6'10 junior, and I, I've seen him grow up. I saw him as a freshman, then as a, a sophomore. Haven't done a Milton game this year, but last year I did a bunch. 
and he has improved vastly. And they're ten and one on the year. He's a big reason. Tyler Medeiros, he's just a solid, steady Eddie. He's always there. You can always count on Tyler to do what needs to be done on any given night. But Bishop Kelly sits there, and they lurk at nine and four, five and one in the league. And BK, we all know BK. I mean, BK's out there. They're a recruiting machine. They go out there and they get those players. They bring them in, and and they're going to be coming after you every night. Yeah, uh, I think the backboard is still shaking from that Michael Day dunk. <laughs> it was very impressive. Middleton just they have size, right? Midair is six seven, day six ten. They bring in Sawyer Hansen off the bench, and you know, he's like six six. Really the only team in, in the 4A landscape um that has the size to counter Middleton is Bishop Kelly with, with like Blake Hawthorne. And you know, every team has a big, but they don't have like three or four like Middleton. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, and that's that's what you don't usually see in four A. You don't see six seven, you don't see six six, and you see six ten. Wow, you go sit there and go, man, okay, that's a pretty big front court. How do I get through that? That's a big fence up there, and uh, so yeah, that's what Middleton does. But they're coached well, they're getting the job done, they're getting better every game, and Middleton is going to be a factor. I mean, if they, it's I think it's up to them whether or not they win the state championship this year up to that nobody else yeah and it's it's been fun to watch the development of all these guys that were key players off the bench last year that are now in the starting lineup um it's been really fun to watch those guys develop uh middleton girls also continuing to just be excellent 10 and 6 overall 9 and 0 in the conference same deal there's kind of a top 3 and then a drop off uh so bishop kelly's 11 and 4 overall 7 and 1 in the conference and, and i still think columbia can be dangerous columbia's got very good athletes 11 and 5 overall 7 and 2 in the conference um but middleton continuing to be the class of the league there as well there and unfortunately from what i just was told a little bit earlier today middleton bk is supposed to meet wednesday night of this week that game has been postponed it's going to be moved going to be rescheduled but Middleton 9-0, BK 7-1, the girls we're talking about now. Uh, that game Wednesday has been moved. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that as well. So, you know, everything right now, uh, like you said early on, we thought we were going to be on this with COVID, but it's still, you know, getting there. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, if we had a new movie, we call it Omicron. You know, Omicron 1, Omicron 2, you know, like Armageddon or something like that, because it just seems to be right there. You know, it's just a it, it, it's coming at you. And every time you think you got everything under control and teams are going to play and a game's going to unfold, uh, something happens like that. But, you know, uh, I applaud everybody to be better be safe than sorry, you know, and, and it's kind of tough because it's so, what it is, it's not that it's so terribly serious, they tell me, but it's so terribly contagious that everybody gets sick at the same time. So what you do, you lose three, four or five people that are out sick. You can't play. Right. So, it, unfortunately, it's not as bad as the other stuff was. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, as somebody who had it, I can kind of speak from experience. It's it, it is. It's like a week long cold, essentially, yeah. um, as provided, you know, like I've, I've had the vaccine. I didn't get the booster shot in time. But um, basically, if you're if you're vaccinated, it's like a cold and it mm -hmm. knocks you out for a week. But no matter what precautions you take, wearing a mask vaccinated it doesn't matter this particular strain is going to get you it's just yeah. a matter of when your time is up so I, I really do think it's going to run through everything and by like middle of february hopefully everybody's kind of had it and then yeah. it's like the guy who tries to sprint at the start of a marathon you know it's sprinting right now but it, you know by the time it gets to 26 miles it's going to be pooped out and done 
you know. But and, and the other thing is, is that I had a virus last week that I caught from my mom. My mom's still alive. She's 92 years old. And, uh, you know, she's really funny because she knew she had strep throat. And they told her, no, Mrs. DeZubak, old people don't get strep throat. She goes, yeah, I've got one. You know, nope, they did a test. Nope, you don't have it. You know, well, then I need antibiotics. No, you don't need antibiotics. You know, well, you're not a good doctor. You know, so, you know, when you get to be 92 years old, you can say that kind of stuff. She's pretty funny about that. But what they made her do is, and I took her to the doctors to check her out. Well, they go, you can't stay in the lobby. You've got to go to your car and sit there until the doctor's ready to see you. So who got to sit with her for an hour and a half while we waited for the doctor? Me. Me. And guess who got what she got? And, you know, she was tested for covid Nope, it was just a virus, and that's what I got, same virus. So not only is the Omicron thing going around, there's a virus going around. It's just like, you know, okay, it's like Six City. We need to get summertime back, or at least let's get to March and play some basketball state tournament time and get better weather and get everybody well again. That's what we need. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm just fingers crossed that by, by you know, a month from now, we're we're – done with it and kind of just focused on the games and the competition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of competitions on our website, idahosports.com, Al Fontes, who is uh, uh, our new contributing writer when it comes to wrestling in the state mm-hmm. of Idaho. And he is, he is fantastic. He's an assistant coach at Rocky mountain high school. It's his second year in Idaho. Previously he had lived in California and he is a member of the California uh, wrestling hall of fame and also the uh wrestling usa magazines hall of fame and he is a great champion for the sport he's giving idahosports.com great wrestling coverage he was at the jaybird memorial tournament hosted by columbia high school this past week it is the largest girls wrestling competition in the state over 200 female wrestlers took the match wow. last weekend at columbia how awesome is that wayne I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, you know, I it seems like just what this two or three years ago, I started hearing about girls wrestling. And now look where it's come. We talked about it the first time it was sanctioned, you know, uh, at the big tournament that was held, you know, the, the Raleigh Lane tournament uh, last was last week or the week before, but just recently the Raleigh Lane tournament and it was sanctioned. So, I mean, it has moved in leaps and bounds. And I mean, that's great. I think that is super. The very first uh, Jaybird Memorial Tournament, and this is for girls only. This is a female-only competition. The very first one in 2018 had 40 competitors, and now here we are five years later, uh, over 200. That's incredible growth for an event. Well, it's incredible growth, and I got to tell you, you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. I know by the side of my white hair, you wouldn't guess that I was any more than about 35, but the reality is I've been doing this for, you know, 112 years now. And, you know, I remember when girls basketball in high school started and, you know, you had final scores of 13 to 8, you know, 15 to 14, you know, that kind of thing. And you would watch them go down and go, hmm, these guys can't score. These guys aren't very good. And now you look at women's basketball, girls basketball in high school level, and you see the athletes that we have and what they're doing, what they can accomplish and how good they are. And you realize all they needed was the opportunity. That's all they needed was that opportunity. And now you've got that same thing in wrestling. You know, oh, girls shouldn't wrestle. No, 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 that's not ladylike. Yeah, it's athletic. It's, you know, it's athleticism. It's there. Let them wrestle. And now you can see how much it's grown exponentially and uh, how good they're getting and how talented they are and what they can bring. And the coaching is getting better. You know, coaches are coaching it. And so, you know, I think it's wonderful. 
Yeah, I know this is a little bit outside our purview, but it is a, a, a Treasure Valley team. Garden Valley, which is a 1A school, uh, they had a girl a couple of years ago uh, as a freshman, started on the varsity basketball team, was an all-conference, first-team all-conference player. Gracie Castillo was her name. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, from her sophomore year, she wasn't there. And I'm like, what is – you know, I think she's still at the school. Did she just decide not to play basketball? She's wrestling now and, and kicking butt. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what happened. It just took, it took me a while to realize that. So. Yeah. I mean, I, like I say, I mean, uh, the lady athletes are getting their opportunities and they're making the best of it. And they're showing us that, Hey, you know, watch out, you know, we're coming, we're there and they are there. They're already there. I mean, you look at women's college basketball right now, how good they are and how many good teams there are. I mean, just this year, UConn's not really dominating like they did. And the number one team has changed to women's basketball collegiately many, many times this year because there are so many good teams. It used to be, you could say, maybe Baylor, UConn, Notre Dame, you know, that kind of thing. Now you, you can't tell because they got so many good teams. South Carolina was doing that. Oregon, uh, they beat two top 10 teams in women's college basketball this week. And so, and Amari Whiting, if you remember from Burley, Amari Whiting is committed to there. So, I mean, that's the kind of athletes they're picking up. And we're sure glad that Idaho can produce some athletes like Whiting and send her to a place like Oregon. Yeah, it's going to be so fun to, to watch her. And she's only a junior. She's still got one more yeah, year at Burley, which is good. They're picking them up as babies, aren't they? Yeah. Liam mean, Campbell has so many, you know, offers right now. He doesn't want to do with them. And he's just a sophomore. And they're like, you know, he's just a baby, guys. Leave him alone. Let him, you know, let, let him grow up. But they don't. They go after you. Yeah, for sure. So, so the Jaybird Memorial Tournament, uh, named in honor of the late uh, Jay Lanningham, aka uh, Jaybird, um, is kind of a tragic story. In 2017, uh, he was uh, on his way to a tournament in Pocatello um, with a with a couple of other female wrestlers, including his granddaughter Peyton Lanningham, who graduated from Columbia High in 2020. So they're on their way to Pocatello. Uh, they get into uh, a vehicle accident and um, everybody ends up passing away except for Jaybird's granddaughter, Peyton Lanningham, who graduated from Columbia. The other the other female athletes that were in the vehicle, uh, Jay himself passed away. And so they, they put this tournament together the next year, kind of in his honor. Um, and it's just grown by leaps and bounds. So again, we, we wanted to shine the spotlight on that a little bit. Just a really cool deal. Yeah, well, you should. And I should have heard that story I hadn't. And that is a tragic story. And uh, yeah, that's uh, taken something that's really happened. That's sad, tragic and trying to turn it into something that's good for everybody. Yeah, certainly. And, and of course, no, no news here, but uh, Marissa Jimenez from Caldwell continuing to dominate ranked third in the entire country. Uh, in her weight class, she she took on Mia Furman from Rocky Mountain in the final uh, uh-huh. at 138. And and Mia Furman's no slouch. I mean, she no. she's very yeah, we good. talked about her at Raleigh Lane, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but Marissa Jimenez dominated 17 to two. She pinned Furman, um, and and really wasn't close. And so that shows you how dominant she is. You know, we talk about Amari Whiting from Burley being a Division One athlete in basketball. Uh, Marissa Jimenez from Caldwell you know, could have some big college opportunities in wrestling. Well, more and more Idaho athletes are getting known. I mean, I don't know whether it's because more and more people are moving here and state's growing or what's happening, but whatever it is, we've got some pretty good athletes that are coming up that are making their mark on a collegiate level. And so whether it's wrestling, whether it's women's basketball, guys basketball, whatever the case may be, that's pretty cool stuff. And I'm just really happy that IdahoSports.com is right there at the beginning of their careers to follow them all the way through. I mean, you talk about Cody Pickett, and we laugh about that. 
Uh, yeah, Cody and I talked quite a bit, but you got to remember, uh, I covered Cody's dad, D, when he was a rodeo champion, you know, roper and the whole bit. And so I knew Cody when he was just a little kid. He didn't know me, didn't care about me, but I, I knew that he was there. And then followed him and called games while he was in high school. And then, of course, followed him through his Washington career. And now here I am calling games as he's the head coach of the Eagle Mustang Boys. So, you know what? It's fun to watch these kids go all the way through their careers and grow up uh, and, and to be contributing adults. You know, that's what I wanted to be, but never made it. <laughs> yeah still still trying to figure that out still trying huh? to figure that out still want to figure out what i'm going to be when i grow up but we'll yeah find. for now I'll just do sports casting yeah it's a it's a pretty fun hobby uh for sure uh you know people say oh yeah that's a fun hobby no it's, it's just a career it's not a hobby come on we work yeah, hard it's, it's, it's work man they think it's all yeah. fun you know every once in a while i just want to take somebody and say come here come here here here's the headset go ahead start see how you do you know, and they go, uh, <laughs> uh, and he shoots, <laughs> you know, and it's fun because it is. I tell people, they say, how do you do play by play? And I said, guys, it's like reading a book. The, the, the game is your book. You just read everything that happens and you just visualize it for the guy that's listening to it. And you just tell them what just happened. If you're doing radio, TV is a little easier because you can see it. You don't have to talk as much, but heck, you know. There are some people who say I like to talk. I don't think that's necessarily true, but my wife will disagree. She says I like to talk. Well, where are you going to be talking this week? What's your broadcast schedule look like? Keeping in mind that things could change depending on COVID and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, right now I'm going to be at Mountain View on Thursday night where Eagle takes on Mountain View. And like I said before, Eagle is so strong, looking so good. I expect Eagle to win that game, but not surprised if Mountain View doesn't pull some kind of a shocker right there and then i got centennial at skyview on saturday night I haven't done a skyview game yet this year i've done a couple of centennial games uh unfortunately centennial's zero and two when i'm doing their games so i got a call the other day saying hey don't follow us anymore <laughs> no nah, didn't happen but i'm sure i will if they go on three but that'll be interesting so i'm at skyview on saturday night so that's cool. what i'm and then next Tuesday night, like i said we're doing a big girls game timberline boise at timberline top two teams could be arguably the top two teams in the state. You know, I, I don't want to get everybody up at Lake City mad at me because I'm sure they're very, very good and they come down here and they'll probably whip everybody's butt, as you mentioned. But the bottom line is that, you know, they're two really good teams going at it next Tuesday night. So uh, that's my next, that's my trifecta of games over the next week. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of good competition. Uh, fingers crossed. Yep. There. So, all right. Well, thanks for tuning into the SIC prep cast, your, your weekly spot to get caught up on everything going on in the five, a four, a ranks in district three. You can get this podcast audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, video version as well at the idahosports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. For Wayne, hey, is you, why, oh, guys, why would, why would you go audio only when you can look at these two mugs? <laughs> well you know i think some people um you know will put it on if they're working out you know if they're on the treadmill or going out for a run and i didn't want a serious answer i, I just i <laughs> i just wanted to end on a high note you were fishing for a compliment wayne no I didn't <laughs> all right well we'll get out of here before we hurt each other's feelings anymore exactly. Yeah, for Wayne to Zubak, I'm Brandon Maney. Enjoy the games this week, everybody. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.